Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, driving passion for sport and communities throughout Ireland and abroad. We may not be able to get in on the sporting action we're used to, but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their second year as official car partner of the GAA, Renault is offering a range of special offers on their new and used vehicles, exclusive to all GAA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out renault.ie slash j to find out more. A, a, a grain of rice. A, a, a grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, lad. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Good morning, how are you all? You're very welcome along to the Irish Examiner in conjunction with Renault, our hurling podcast here. Hard to believe uh, we've only about two left, probably a preview show. And uh, the day after show uh, for the All-Ireland, it's incredible the way it has flown by. Uh, but we knew, as, I suppose it was a quick-fire championship, but the notches, I think, have been ramped up as we go along. And it's been it's been great. And I think the people of the country, there's only... You know, around the last two weeks, they're really realising the value of uh, the GAA and uh, from our point of view for Hurling and uh, unique pair in the final as well, fair to say, after the weekend. It's great. Big crew today, delighted to be joined by Mark Landers. The bookcase is getting full there behind him. Um, he's investing a few of the, the well-earned dockets. Um, <laughs> TJ. TJ, you could be changing the background there now to Crow Park. Take us away from the Gaelic grounds there, will you, on the background? Yeah, no, this is the home of Ireland here, uh, the, Gaelic, the Gaelic grounds for us. So, yeah, great, great, yeah. great to be great to be back in the final again, Delo. So, yeah, I think this team deserve it. So, um, yeah, great to have the big two in the final, finally. Oh, well, two monster teams anyway. <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole monster lineup today. So, delighted uh, <laughs> as well to be joined by Ger Cunningham, back with us. How are you, Ger? Good day, all her things. All good. Yeah, great, good. great, great. This morning, sure, it's mighty, it's mighty. Uh, looking forward to two weeks' time. And delighted, lads, for his uh, debut on the show. And, and we'd love to have him maybe more often, maybe next season. Mount Science finest, Tony Brown. How are you keeping, Tony? Great, Delo. Great form this morning, by Why wouldn't I be? Tell I didn't you. see you in a while, Brownie, and I'm loving the beard like. Yeah, I'm stuck at home the last couple of months, so uh, hibernating a little bit. So I said I'd turn into a bit of a Grizzly Adams, but... Uh, no, I, I'm due, I'm duty all here cut. So the sooner the barbers open, the the, the better, and get myself in shape for uh, for the All Ireland final day. Lo. 
yeah, you'll be back. Will you be back to the brownie? We think guys are still around the same shape, I'd say. Like, or will you I'm be you'll be around, trimming it off? I'm still around at 12 stone two pounds, which was me fighting weight. So sailing, sailing, if you haven't done much, uh, looking after two young kids, so um, so yeah, hoping um still small bit in shape, but you know, might 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 think about getting out of the house for for a little bit and making a comeback with the club, maybe junior B or something like that, you know. Junior B, I tell you, we could organise a challenge match with Gary Spillane. His teacher's thinking of giving it one more year, he's having Donny as well, you know. But, uh, Tony, great to have you. We want to have you for the whole show. I know you have two, two, two babies to be minded there, but a fantastic win for you. Like, I was only reflecting on it last night, late, that not alone, I suppose, was at Waterford's greatest second half, but it might have been Hurland's greatest second half as well in terms of one team completely you know, coming back and, and, and hurling the half of their lives. Incredible display, wasn't it? Absolutely, Dale. Yeah, you'd have to say that. I mean, look, I mean, probably the old cliche, really. It was a game of two halves. Um, I think I think no one would have would have expected what we witnessed in, 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 in the second ter- 35 minutes, really, from, from Watford. I mean, it's not very often that you see a Kilkenny team taking the foot off the truck. You know that. You know that well. I know that well. And um, not often you see that, but you, you just have to say that our lads were just absolutely heroic in the second half. And one of the finest displays I've ever seen from any inter-county team, really, in, in the second half. And I don't know, you often hear these things like what, what was said at halftime or what wasn't said at halftime. But I think what we showing was... Huge Sorry, Brody, that, that's Joe Cunningham's dog back in yeah, India. Yeah. I was going to say, Dale, is that that deaf dog hanging around? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot of comedy on this show as well, Tony. As we get our- I, I was wondering, was, Brian, was that Brian Cody in the background listening to me? <laughs> Brilliant. Go on, go on, you were expounding yeah, but- about that display. Yeah, but no, listen, phenomenal. And as, as I just mentioned there, it's not often you see Kilkenny taking the foot off the throat. I'm really surprised to see that. But you would have to say our lads was were absolutely heroic in that second half. One of the, one of the finest displays I've ever seen from an inter-county team that were seriously, seriously under pressure and looked like the game was dead and buried. And what they found or what was said at halftime, I don't know. As I said, you often hear of things being mentioned at halftime. But I don't know. I think that this group of players... They've shown down through the years at underage that they have great leadership qualities and great battling qualities at minor at under twenty one and and they weren't um, they weren't phased by it and they said look we've got to have a go at this and they had a go and what was unbelievable to see really was to take on the masters in the aerial battle in the second half and to come out on top on that was 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 phenomenal stuff really you know I, I live here in Ballyduff Dalo. Uh, the, the homestead of uh, uh, the great Tom Chasty, so uh, a heroic man, and, and he would have been very, very proud of what, what went on there up in Croke Park on, on, on Saturday evening. So just thrilled for them, thrilled for Watford. Like, as you know, we hadn't won a game for three years, so the transformation has been big. And um, and just, it's, it's, it's surreal, really, to think that we're now in an All-Ireland final in, in two weeks' time. Yeah. And you're... You, you would have seen them up close, obviously, Jared, in the Munster semi-final and in the National League, obviously, as well. We, we would have seen the matches, but you would have seen it up close. Did you see something different in them, we'll say, even early in the year or, or even the day of the semi-final that it was in something fresh, something different under, under Liam Cahill? 
Yeah, you'd have to say they're looking at it like what was very impressive um, against us that day. Like you know, they're they're I think their fitness uh, that that people have been speaking about the fitness levels has you know they came really into our match and they were in a really really good shape. Definitely the benefit of having the water for championship finishing and you know towards the end of August, I think definitely they took the advantage. They 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 brought it to and their fitness levels are superb. And I think as the games have gone on, you've you've seen that even in the Munster final against Limerick. They never gave up. They never went away. And I think on, 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 on in the lead up to Saturday, the one thing I was saying was that you know they've got they've got serious they've got serious pace, serious fitness, and I think the style of game that they're playing, Dale, even as well, you know, I I, I know Ty Ty Borker from his UCC days, like you know, the past couple of years, Ty has been asked to kind of sit back and mind the house and mind the D. He's driving forward every opportunity. He's playing off the shoulder. You know, he's playing like like their their whole. Uh, method and their whole, uh, you know, the way they play the game, it's 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 playing off the shoulder. It's it's a different style than the, that was there under Derek. So like these guys, they seem to be able to play with a lot more freedom, and they're uh, and that was probably one thing that we noticed this year, rather than in the past that, uh, you know, they seem to be attacking from everywhere. You know, get a ball in the half back line, you know, they run it, play it short. There's a guy off the shoulder, <clears throat> and their fitness levels are are, are really 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 good, and uh, they just seem to be playing with it with a, with, a, with a great freedom this year. Uh, and certainly, you know, you can see the benefit. Obviously, just looking there, Liam Cahill has been involved in all Ireland finals at minor in, in 2016, under 21, 2018, and 19, and now he's back in an all Ireland final again. So that's a serious record of the last number of years. And uh, <clears throat> whatever he's brought to the table in Waterford, like you know, it's been it's been superb this year for him. Yeah, no doubt about it. And Brownie, would you, I don't know, like even. I'd be friendly with Milan, as you know, and uh, he was saying to me early in the year that he went down to watch him train a couple of nights and was awful impressed with Beaven's coaching and that kind of thing. And would there have been a feeling around the place that this, this change was going to kick in, do you think, um, earlier on the year? Like? It's hard to say, really, because like I, I suppose Liam, Liam Mottram from far, I suppose he was very, over the last couple of years, he was very focused on the Tipperary uh, setup. So obviously when he took the Waterford job, he probably didn't realise what he was getting himself into. But, you know, I suppose when he got to view these players uh, close up, he, he, he realised that, you know, with uh, a lot of players that Park Fannin had brought in last year had serious pace and, you know, serious, uh, 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 they were serious athletes, you know, Caelan Lyons, Jack Pendergast, Jack Fagan. And all these players are well, well capable of, of, of running and, and top-class athletes, you know. But um, you would certainly have to give credit to, to Mikey Bevins in the way he's coached his team over the last couple of months, you know. And you would, you can see where the Tipperary, if any, if any county can take on Kilkenny, it's, it's, it's Tipperary and, 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 and the, the, the traditional teams. But, you know, he's brought that style where he really, really likes to open, quote, direct that. Uh, I, I see an interview from Stephen Bennett and a lot of the coaching uh, philosophy and methodology was really going direct at the goal rather than down the wings and down the side and sidestepping players. And you can see where, where that creates huge amount of problems uh, 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 in the modern game. And, um, and yeah, you can see, Jerry mentioned their physical fitness there. Like most, uh, like most of, I would say that most of their physical fitness and conditioning has come from real game-specific training, you know, little bit like Kilkenny 15 on 15 or whatever, but they're really, really games, uh, game ready, you know, and you could see that in them and really what they've added to their game, which what we've been lacking for a couple of years is, is goals and, and, you know, goals win big games and all Ireland semi-finals and, and, and it was certainly an unbelievable goal from Stephen Bennett that opened up that defence by running straight at him again. Um, 
and brought us brought us brought us back into the game. But I would say, you know, that um, certainly I think you have two top class coaches now facing facing each other in all Ireland final. So that's going to be very interesting from a tactical point of view. If they go if they go tactical, I don't know, but. Uh, you would have to say you you have two top class hurling coaches facing each other now for an All Ireland final and, and and a big workload ahead of those two guys because you'd notice coaches even giving team talks there at half time and you know during the quarter so they have a huge role to play in what's happening at the moment and uh, that's going to be fascinating just to see how they get their players ready for that that tactical battle. Yeah, and Brownie, I know it, I know it to be desperate, frustrating for the likes of yourself. You might get some gig up there for two weeks' time, but uh, for people not to be able to go, like fellas like yourself, to give nearly two decades hurling for Watford, and like, but will it be a slight help to Liam Cahill and, and and the team that they'll probably be less hyped than usual in Watford? I obviously, um, you know, there was a lot yeah. of hype the last two finals, I suppose, less or so from 08 to 17, but at the same time. It was the Hurland Mad County and, and starved of success. I mean, the, the one big county in Ireland that's really waiting for the, the famine to be bridged, let's say Limerick did it two years ago from 73, but years since 59, I suppose that's the one we're all waiting for. And we, I suppose in general, Hurland people would love to see it happen this year, except TJ there now. But uh, um, you think it'd be a help yeah. though, in terms of just two weeks, no fuss, no... Mm. Of course, there'll be a bit of fuss, and of course, there'll be a bit of a press night of sorts. It won't be like the normal press night, I presume, but that'll be low key. Like, it's a fair point, in fairness. We have a tendency to get carried away with ourselves um, pre matches and post matches, you know. And I think sometimes you need, you need a little bit of luck in sport. And, 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 and I think I think the cards have fallen right for Liam Cal in fairness in his first year as well, you know. I mean, let's be honest about it. I, I presume when he came into the job that his brief would have been really luckily get us get us a victory here in the championship. So 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 sometimes you need a little bit of luck and 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 basically, I don't think that, that the new format that came in like home and away suited Watford. As soon as I heard that was coming in, I said, look, I don't know about that. We're not great travellers, whatever. Uh, but when we went back to the format that we have now. Realistically, if we got our first victory, we were in a quarter final of an All Ireland, you know, um, and 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 things have fell well for him. But I, I certainly, I certainly do think that the low key build up has um, has 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 benefited Watford, you know, and and particularly particularly some of their younger players as well. You know, yes, they know people are watching at home, but at the same time, then the the preparation people can't get at him. Uh, they don't have to worry of, of tickets coming up. They don't have a full stadium going in, you know. And some players, some players, and, and particularly big counties, Tipperary, Cork, these guys, they thrive on supporters, you know. And and uh, and, and you can see where they probably lacked a little bit in performance or whatever. But um, but certainly, it certainly benefits Watford. Uh, and we've only a two week of a build up now. We don't have three weeks or whatever. And I think we're just we're just. You know, it's set up nicely. Set up nicely for this team to go into this game, and it's a, it's a fair point in fairness. Yeah, I I, I think that's a, I think that's a huge help. Just reflecting on that last time, and we, Mark, we don't have the thoughts of John Milan riding naked down the keys in Watford either <laughs> this time round. I, I asked him, was that still on? I see a bit of it on Twitter. Like yourself, he's not on Twitter, but he doesn't have as many spies as you have. So I could send him on a picture of a kind of a silhouette of himself on the horse naked. Hey boy, he says that was in 2017. That's not going to go on this year. <laughs> so, but you, you've liked him from the get go, Mark. 
I did. I, I, I'm a big supporter of the Waterford brand of Holland, I suppose, for the last five or six years. There's been a couple of years where they have disappointed me and didn't perform to what their ability is. But uh, just a combination of everything has fallen, as Tony has alluded to there, everything has fallen into place this year, I think, with the, um, with the knockout scenario as well. And I suppose Liam Cahill's intentions were, I suppose, sounded early in the National League game. The first game I saw Cork and Waterford this year, where it was a very, very unknown Waterford team, and they ran Cork off the field on that particular occasion. And I just said, that's a new, that's a really, really new brand that I, I hadn't seen, and the fitness levels of the players were dramatic. Um, and then, I suppose, the real leaders have stood up, the big three really, I suppose, the Bucca, Jamie Barron, Austin Gleeson in particular, had his best performance of the year so far, even though it was particularly in the second half. But we mentioned in the pod last week about the likes of uh, Bennett now becoming a leader, and he was outstanding on Saturday night for them. Um, and then throwing Jack Fagan, who was excellent again now on Saturday night. And when the game was in the melting pot, and Tony mentioned about winning the sky, Jack Fagan was the one for, the, for me that really contributed up front on a lot of the puck outs. And then the real ace in the pack this year has been Caleb Lyons at wing-back. He is a thundering half-back. He made four or five soirees up the field, got a couple of points, and his matchup with Garrod Hagerty in the All-Ireland final is going to be mouth-watering because, you know, they're two big men with plenty of pace. Hagerty has been outstanding for Limerick all year, but so is Caleb Lyons. The big thing for Water for me, low-key, keep the press away from the players, keep the supporters away from the players and bring a performance for 70 minutes now. Like they, To me, in the first half, they were in the headlights at hearts. And, I, and, I, and I'm judging by that, by, by Stephen Bennett's free-taking. If that was Parky Cueve or Tullus, I think he'd have slatted a couple of frees in the first half. He hit him wide, which isn't his form. He's an excellent free-taker. And I, and I thought Waterford was certainly very tentative in the first half. But... I suppose the second half performance to get 217 in the second half, 216 from play, that shows a style of hurling and ability to score. And you'll need to be able to score against Limerick. And the one slight advantage they'll have is that Limerick haven't been getting goals, Anthony, all year long. And that's a big advantage. Waterford have been getting goals. They got three against Clare, two on Saturday night. They're really going into this with nothing to lose and everything to gain. But they have the power to back it up. That's the big thing. They are not. They're not. They, they're there on merit. Is the big thing. But lads, yeah. just to come in on, just to come in on that day, though, like you have to look at Waterford with a balanced overview of them. You know, like people are probably around the country are saying, "Where has this come from?" You know, like Waterford, Waterford reaching the All Ireland final. But but if you really look in closely and analyze it closely, the backbone of this team is a team that won a minor All Ireland in 2013. Actually. Uh, Limerick pipped them in, in uh, was that the game in, in, in Gaelic grounds the backbone of those both teams are that 2013 All-Ireland team Limerick actually went on and won the Munster title after a replay uh, Watford went on and won the All-Ireland that team continued on then and won another 21 All-Ireland scored 5-15 against a, a Galway team that was led by Conor Whelan um, they were in uh, they were in uh, they, they won a National League in 2015 and, and, and obviously in an All-Ireland in 2017, this, this is their second All-Ireland in four years. So, you know, whilst there's been a, a fair trans- probably transformation it, as it appears, this is a very, very 
uh, experienced and, and and a group of players that are used to winning and and you know able able to able to handle Croke Park and able to handle the situation. So it's not like does it does after the, the skill was always there. If you know, probably watching college games and 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 Anthony there um, and Jer. A lot of the Waterford players that that uh, stand out in college games have been Waterford players over the last couple of years. So, so the skill levels have been there. I I, I think Cal has brought a huge amount of resilience. Uh, I, I suppose to go for goals when 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 they're needed, and uh, I suppose he just made the hard calls early on in the season and stamped his authority. And 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 you could see where he kind of like he's very passionate about managing and. You can see maybe where he, uh, he 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 models his style a little bit off Cody and Eamon O'Shea and and these guys and and he's 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 uh, he's a big learner and 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 he's uh, he's um, he's put that into the team, you know. And and just to pick up on a point that Tony has made there, Anthony, about Cahill and ruthlessness, Jake Dillon got the brunt of it on Saturday night, and nobody has picked up on it. The fact that he was taken off after the first water break it showed a fierce intent. Immediately from from Cahill, I suppose, and Jake had a fantastic once the final, and he had a fantastic game against Clare as well. And um, I, I thought I thought Cahill made a fierce move to take him on, so, take him off so early. I have it in my notes here, Landers. Don't oh yeah, worry. good man, good yeah, man. Yeah. You have a lot Root- of scribbles. Rootless Root- Cahill. <laughs> yeah. Dilo, what, what what impressed me most? Morning, TJ. Morning, Dillo. Uh, great, 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 great listening there. Limerick what, calling, Limerick calling. What, 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 like, obviously, it's a seriously impressive performance, but what impressed me most is how much these guys are in the zone, right? Now, obviously, is it very straightforward, have a process and a plan at Saturday every game, right? But you know, and I know, when you're on the sideline or on the pitch, right, that process is well and truly tested on 30 minutes when you're nine points down, right? And the way they stuck to the plan, right? And in the start of the second half, even maybe even before half time, got a couple of points. The solo point from Stephen Bennett, who is off the charts at the moment, right? But then in the second half, when Daryl Lyons gets a brilliant goal, like he nearly sprinted back out to the middle of the field faster than he needed to get onto the breaking ball, right? When Ozzy gets that point, right? Even at the final whistle, right? They have 12 different scorers on the day. It's just that complete focus and being in the zone. I was just really, really impressed with it. And like Kenny really and truly tested that. But once they fixed it and got to grips with the game, there was only one winner from there. There's a lot of parallels, actually, between Waterford's in 2020 and Limerick in 2018. It was kind of rising from the start of the year, took a little bit of a dip in the Munster final, which kind of maybe, I won't say it took the edge off it, but just took that kind of focus off them for a while to kind of just reset and got going again. So there's a, there's a lot of parallels, but they do have, as Mark said there, they have five or six players that are just off the charts at the moment and will get on any team. In saying all that, it's hard to sum up Kilkenny's, I suppose, slump or, or, or collapse. Really, I know, I know, I know you've seen that against Dublin, but you just don't associate that with 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 with, with Cody's philosophy and and the way they go about their business. And and geez, like one man you have to mention, and this is you know, like I know I'm trill water one, but TJ TJ Reid, like you know, what an unbelievable player, you know. You just wonder where they are. You just wonder where they are. You never write them off, obviously, but you just wonder where they are without them. But it's it's just hard to it's hard to summarize how how, how that happened, isn't it? You know, nine points up and cruising in at half time, uh, foot on the throat, and I, I I'm still trying to figure out how how did that happen? Yeah, they were 
they were seven up at halftime and uh, Owen Cody got the first point to the second half as well to push it out to eight again and the next score was Bennett's goal I think you know so um, I just thought I know what you think Ger, but I, I I think there's a lack of pace like I'm not they're all fit you, you, you won't be any other way under that regime but I, I just think there's a lack of sprinters if you like and you could pick you could pick eight or nine guys in the Waterford team that you'd say like Kevin Moran was always, as you know, Tony, lightning fast. Now he's shoving on in years, but he still would maintain most of that pace. You could pick six or seven or eight other guys. And you couldn't, could you pick a matchup on the Kilkenny team that would beat him in a 100 meter sprint or a 50 meter sprint or even a 30 meter sprint? You're right. I, I just think there's a lack of pace there. Yeah, it's. I suppose there's a certain focus on it now when you see the, like, the athletes that are out there at the moment and the speed, the likes of, as, as Mark said, could. Caelan Lyons and these guys, Daisy Hutchinson, they're flyers and they're 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 really they bring they bring a huge amount of pace. And I suppose Kilkenny over the years, I suppose they're they're a team that's probably been around a long time. You know, they've been a lot of those guys have been there thereabouts, and you know they might have been like I suppose if you look at Billy Ryan is probably the probably the fastest of the of, of, of their forwards. Like and uh, you know they, when you look at it, you know TJ. Um, Fogarty, John Donnelly, Martin Keown, um Richie Hogan. As you said, they're not blessed with huge pace, but like again, going back to the point that, that Tony made, like it, it's just it's so unclickenny, like you know, from the point of view that you go seven or eight points up, uh, and all of a sudden the goal just turned the match and it had a huge bearing in the game, and Waterford just got serious momentum. But it's so unclickenny, like maybe maybe the flaws were there at the start of the year when Dublin came back from you know 15 or 16 points down. And could have nearly won the game at the yeah, end. Yeah, went level, like went level. Maybe at, at the time we kind of dismissed it, like there was some maybe Kenny kind of just took the foot off the pedal, like you know. But that's twice now in 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 two games this year where they've let leads go that they normally would not do. Like in the past, if you would just they would just close it out. Uh, you know, they tack on, they go after the juggler, they'd be they'd be going nine, ten, eleven points ahead, and you wouldn't get back on it. And you know, as I just said, maybe it's just a change of the guard from the point of view that some of these guys have been around a long time and. You know, Waterford coming up, you know, they'd know them very well. As Tony said, their, their success there over the last number of years, they're used to winning. These yeah. guys, I've had, I, I listed a few of them there as, as, as you were calling them out. We've had seven or eight in Cork in the last number of years, just in the recent past, who, who came through Waterford. And they were probably some of the best players that UCC had. You know, De Borca, Paddy Manny, Jamie Barron. You know, they're, they're, they're top players. Like, you know, and you throw in the Kenny's, Conor Gleeson's, Dara Fives, great players. And like, you know, they're now at the peak of their career. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's showing for them, you know, from any point of view, as, as Tony said, you take TJ Reid out of that second half performance and like it was, it was just a, from their point of view, it was just, they'd be so disappointed in the way, the way, you know, to go from at one stage nine ahead to lose by four, that's a 13 point turnaround. That's, 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 that's unheard of. Yeah. Dale, Dale, the third quarter, uh, Cody has mastered that uh, probably over a long period of time and to get beaten 111 to four points in that third quarter, like as Jared said there, Kilkenny were nine up on 30 minutes and Ozzy levelled it on 50 minutes. So that'll just tell you about how significant that third quarter was. But as good as good as Waterford were, and we, we Jesus, we'll acknowledge what we saw in front of our eyes, Fagan dropping back deep, fetching balls at right half back and, and being able to get up in and, and assist in the attacks at the other end. As good as Waterford were, Stephen Bennett's goal, thing of beauty, uh, stuff we've always known that was in the locker with him. I have to say it was, a, it was an element of a collapse as well by a team that we don't associate with. Yeah, with that. in the first half, right? I, I think, I, I'm not sure exactly, but Ty DeBorka had very little plays in the first half of the game. I think maybe two or probably three plays, right? 
Kilkenny's use of the ball from the back through the half back line through the line was better than the norm that they would you expect from Kilkenny, right? But for me in the second half, Waterford pushed up on that, right? And gave Kilkenny zero the, the tackles and the intensity went up a notch and they gave him no time in the ball. Kilkenny couldn't use it. And then when Waterford dominated the skies, then Kilkenny had nowhere to go at all. Yeah, but another contributing factor, Dalo, is that um, like none of the four subs that came on for Kilkenny made any impact whatsoever, whereas all the Waterford subs had a huge impact, particularly, I suppose, young Lines, who got, the, who got a critical goal, but he was on a, a huge amount of ball. But Neil like, Montgomery. Yeah, Neil, mm. excellent, huge. excellent. But, but like, Walter, non-existent. Colin Fenley, non-existent. And now it comes into question the picking of Richie Hogan. And we'd, we'd mentioned last week in the pod that we felt that it, I certainly felt the difficulties in the full back line for Waterford, in fairness to Ian Kenny and Shane McNulty, were outstanding on the night. But if you had TJ in one corner and you had Colin in the other corner, I thought they would have troubled him in the air getting the ball into the full forward line. But Kilkenny changed their whole, their whole approach to it. They picked Richie inside in the full line with Billy Ryan and Owen Cody. And they were more looking at placing ball in, into the sides, I thought. And on um, umpteen occasions, Killian Buckley in particular was looking up the field and he got turned over and looked slow in his delivery of the ball. And maybe that was because Tiger Bucker was, was, was slotting back in front of him. But I thought that was a big, a big changing point was the zero impact of the Kilkenny subs and a massive impact by the Waterford subs in the second half. Can I just ask you, Tony, do you think they might be caught in kind of no man's land? Like, Mark alluded to Dierno with the type of ball trying to play in and we know, you know more than anyone I suppose of us here that like Cody had a certain way of playing it and I just think if you look at the likes of Parik Walsh at the moment yeah. he's kind of in no hands then like Parik Walsh straightforward hurler a bit like Tommy you know win yeah. his own ball and let it up into the danger mm. zone he's kind yeah. of given the sharp balls now and mm. they're, they're half hit and they're missed and I don't know are they somewhere like they're trying to bring a tactical aspect into it yeah. Uh, like don't tell me that they always had a bit of that we always remember Owen Larkin going back corner for corner back at times to help out but there is a little bit of that at the moment a, a transition period that no one is quite sure where they are yeah it's true yeah it's true and and and, um, and, and certainly when I heard the team with no Conor Fenley or Walter Welch in it I, I, I was hugely surprised and and, and, uh, and and happy to tell you the truth you know uh, and yes when you look at them they're trying to change it up a little bit from the previous way they went. They're trying to, you know, obviously feel that the game with sharp puck outs and sharp ball, like they, you wonder, should they just stick to what they're good at? You know, it's all down through the years and, and they look uncomfortable at times doing it. You see, they're, they're just the masters at direct ball in and, and maybe they should have attacked that, that, that those two cornerbacks in the air early. I, 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 I don't know, but yes, they, they're in the transition period of that and maybe it's just something that don't suit them. Yeah, like, I, I mean, you go back to, sorry, TJ, you go back down through the ages, last, the last two decades, the defenders got the ball and they lumped it down the field and Richie Power, as quoted as saying, you know, he was always asked, what kind of a ball do you like? He says, the only ball I don't like is the one that doesn't come in. So he didn't care how it came into him, just get the ball into the forward line and we'll do the rest. And that, to me, has been the big change. They went for trying to place the ball into the full forward line and it didn't work for them. Whereas here, here before, it has been all, the backs are just lashing it down the field and they'd compete like dogs for it. Yeah, but don't hear say, Marcus, those days are gone. Like most of those good coaches now will tell you, like, you, you play a team that lumps the ball down top, you take that all day, all night long, right? Because your defenders, 
you have numbers there, you've tied the work sitting in the pocket, and then when they get that ball, they're running it through the lines and they'll hurt you every single time. Like I, I know that they were very good at it, but the game has changed. And today I've just today I've just turning as a defender and lumping ball on, right? And expecting yeah. the guy to win. Like you've got a load of defenders now, right? Who might say, Well, I'm not going to win this ball, but you ain't going to catch it either. They get to the ground, then they their game plan will kick in. So it has to change. Is the answer mm-hmm. like in, like look, a team won't win in All Ireland in the coming years by lumping ball on? I guarantee you that. Yeah, but the only thing is, you still have the same manager that's there, and to be fair, he has he has recreated that what that Kilkenny team three or four times over his tenure. Um, but TJ, you'd have to say Kilkenny for two decades have been the masters in the sky, and they were outmastered on Saturday night, which is the first time we've seen it in two decades. So. Yeah, I, I know that the game has changed and about lumping down, but it is a massive change to go away from the Kilkenny brand of hurling, which is plenty high balls into the forward line because they had men that could catch the ball. But when they were out fought on Saturday night, that is the first time that we've really ever seen that happening to the Kilkenny team. Tony, I have to ask you about your club mate. He he's a, he's an unbelievable player indeed when he when he turns it on, and I know he gets a lot of We've talked about him here. Now we haven't been we haven't been tough on him. I don't think uh, we have mentioned how Cahill took him off against Limerick. I suppose and he wasn't didn't look too happy coming off and that kind of thing. But Cahill kind of shrugged his shoulders and said, "Well, look, there were certain things maybe he didn't work hard enough for, and, and I wanted fresh legs in." But Jesus, when he when he opens up like he did in that second half yesterday, I mean the point he got that he took the ball out of the rock. Like I I was even saying to myself watching it at home and the coach and saying, "Who'll come out with this ball now?" This will be crucial, and then I saw I saw Austin coming out with it. Like, no, I, I I thought it might be a pop pass to someone behind him, and they might have a shot or something. But Jesus, to be able to take three steps back, swivel, and put the ball over your right shoulder, over the bear, like this, this isn't too many teams have a, a weapon like that in their makeup. Like, no, look, we're 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 blessed to have him in, in the Mount Sinai Club, and we're blessed to have him in Watford. You know, the things he the things that you know, I was lucky enough to. I suppose near the end of my career, train with him and play with him a bit. And some of the things he can do is just like I, I, I probably never come across a player that I, an opposing player that I marked or played on that, that, that he can do. You know, he just have he's, he's, his ability to, 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 to catch ball and do, do the unexpected is, is you just wouldn't, it's very, he's very hard to defend him against because you just don't know what he's going to do, you know. And, um, He's just a phenomenal, phenomenal player. But in fairness, you know, over the years, I suppose he 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 feels that he has to give a nine-star performance or a, do do all those kind of special skill sets that he have. Where sometimes, you know, his concentration uh, within a game, he he needs to be able to read a game a little bit better in terms of his concentration. You know, not not skill or anything like that. That right. I'm not getting unbelievable scores here. I'm not putting sidelines over the ball. I'm not doing this, but I certainly need to work. I need to recycle the ball. I need to, you know, make a couple of tackles here and get myself into the game. And 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 Liam is starting to develop that in him, you know. But he um and 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 look, he was hurler the year there. Is it 2017, Was it? Yeah. Seventeen and. Um, you know, to carry, he, he, I suppose he, he's a young lad that feels he, 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 he's carrying a lot on, the, on his shoulders and, uh, and he doesn't need to feel like that because he's, he's coming from a minor team and an under-21 team. Stephen Bennett, uh, 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 Tyg DeBoer, 
all, all these players are all leaders as well. So he just has to realise that. Look, he just has to do his bit for the team, and and he really, you know, he he showed that in the second half, certainly on 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 Saturday night, and and I think now that he's he's he could be coming right for an All Ireland yeah. final, and if he produces if he produces an All Ireland final, we'll definitely look. Limerick will be favourites, but if he produces, we'll definitely be in with a with a, with a big shout. Yeah, what was probably more impressive after that score, I think, straight after it was the lung buster in front of the Hogan stand to get mm-hmm. that turnover. And I suppose what Tony's alluding to there, that's the piece that Liam Cahill seems to have added to his game. And even the picture of Ozzy at the final whistle, right, which is basically a picture that every manager wants to see to say, I gave you everything I had. There wasn't literally an ounce left in the man, like after the second half. And I suppose taking him off, and we said in the pod the last day, that there was signs that he was coming right. I did see him against Clare where he was getting on to the younger players. And that makes an awful difference to the guys around him. But certainly as good a second-half performance as we've seen like from Mazzi, even down through all, all, all the glory. It was unbelievable second-half performance. Fair to say, um, TJ, if he, if he hits a... I don't know, yeah. 9 out of 10 was mentioned. If he hits an 8.5 out of 10, they'll be there or thereabouts, won't they? Like, because you have a fair idea the Callum Lineses and the way they're hurling, that they're going to bring it, you know, a certain amount of, the way Stephen Bennett is hurling, the way the Burke is hurling. Like, if he can hit the high zones, not to be putting pressure on him now, because it isn't for us to be, there'll be enough talk about that, and we we generally don't go heavy, and that sort of thing here. But if he does, TJ, it does really, I mean, he didn't perform in the Munster final, and he still only beat him a score, like, I think, to go back to what Tony said there, I think he still scored three points in playing the Munster final. Yeah. So our, our standards our standards and our expectations for the man are extremely high. But I will agree with you. I think that he is capable of, he's capable of winning the game on his own. There's no doubt about that. And he's, he's a massive problem for anybody marking him because of, I suppose, what, what he has in the, in, in the locker, in the air, on the ground, and he scores. And yeah, it, it's a massive plus for Waterford to have him at the top of his game. There's no doubt about that. And lads, you know, just just tipping on that. I mean, like the, the man could easily he had a couple of uh, a couple yeah. of wides in the first half. He could have came away there with, with eight or nine points from play, yeah. which in an all Ireland semi final. And yet he was considered to have a very, you know, like a poor first half or whatever. And it, it, it exactly TJ alluded to. What do we expect from man? I, I see this fella at club level, you know, and and two players on him and and, and tearing him asunder and he delivering, you know, consistently people don't see that and actually that's one you know it was great to see the club hurling this year but just to touch on it like the All-Ireland coming up it's mouth-watering um, battles around the field you could imagine Austin and, and Kyle Hayes now going at it in the half-forward line there for a while you know it's just it's, it's just lining up for some individual battles all over the field two teams that kind of have similar kind of structures and systems and um and it's just it's just set up for some some battles all over the place, you know. Yeah, it is intriguing. And and Gerald, just to touch on Kilkenny a bit a bit, like and we mentioned the speed, and that's look that's not just the sight of our eyes, just looking at it. Like you know, since the 16 final, like the talk was that Cody had to kind of reinvent the team. Obviously, the great team was gone after that day, really. But I know look at you still had the TJs and the Richies and etc. But has he sort of nearly overachieved? Like he, he's won a league the first year after that. He he, uh, he got to the Ireland final last year. He's won Leinster back again this year. 
and and we're kind of on about do they need another makeover now maybe but has, in some ways has he nearly overachieved uh, with what he's had in the last couple of years Sure, but Cody, you know, you know, we'd be we'd be talking about him. nothing would surprise you in relation to what he's done because the man's record is just phenomenal. Like with the success he's had, I don't know. Did I read it that, that, that he's won sixteen Leinster titles or something in twenty two or twenty three yeah. years involved with Kenny? Sixteen, that's phenomenal. Like you know what I mean? So, uh, like he he probably is lucky enough like that. I, you know, this the more you see of TJ Reid, he's certainly up there now with one of the best players that ever played a game, and like and that's only. You know, he's he, he that's only in the last four or five years. He's gone to, uh, you know, late 20s. He's now 32 or 33 years of age. He's developed into a brilliant player. And Cody is lucky to have a guy like him, like to, to have one of the, one of the, the, one of the guys, one of the all time greats in your team. He gives you a chance every time you go. And I think, you know, they, they still have still really good players. You talk about Owen Murphy there while they go, like that's probably the first time that you, you know, that he's been mentioned in a negative context because he's been so good over the last number of years. You know, you talk about Patrick, we have Patrick, uh, Patrick Walsh being a great player, Buckley, you know, um, Richie, uh, you, you had to defend Lee, Colin Finley, Richie, all great players, but he's just been the main man, the main man in that team. And I suppose, you know, Cody from that point of view then is lucky enough to have him and he builds his team around him. And again, you'll see other guys coming through, Evan Cody, um, Adrian Mullen, you know, they still they still bring a couple through every single year. Like, But uh, it's probably just the way from the point of view that they'll be, it's they'll be they'll be hurting badly because of the way it happened to them uh, last weekend that uh, Waterford just uh, you know in the second half just got a run them and, and they turned them over completely. So um, you know like it's all big questions to ask I suppose. But I suppose from his point of view, if if the season goes ahead uh, with the intercounty season going first next year, it's a short space of time for him to move on. He doesn't have to wait six months to start thinking yeah. about it. Two or three months time, you're back at it again, and, and you're off next season. Yeah, there's an there's point in. Sorry, Tony, just in that point there, did I read somewhere over the weekend where the GEA are looking to flip that back, right, because of the crowd situation and revenue? Yeah. That they're looking, yeah, looking to play the club first, huh? I only heard that yesterday because last week the, the fixtures came out that they were looking at the National Leagues starting on the, you know, late February and then finishing with the All-Ireland in July. But I think, you know, someone said that maybe there's, was it John Fogarty in the examiner? Yeah. I think he had it that, uh, that there's talks of um, a situation where they might flip it because obviously if, if the club goes first by the time um, the intercounty then would start in August that the vaccine would be in place and you yes. know crowds back at the matches and from a financial point of view maybe they're looking at it from a point of view that uh, to, to flip it around so I don't know where that's at I just saw that, that that message that there's a bit of there is certainly a bit of talk and a bit of movement Dale might know more in relation to yeah. they, might, they, might, they might flip that Yeah there, there was a there was a meeting Saturday it was, it was announced actually before the All-Ireland semi-final on Saturday night that the GA had um, not made any decision on letting the inter-county scene go first next year, that they were reviewing it. Um, I, I suppose the other thing that we've now proved and the GA has proved that we can have a very successful inter-county season come November and December because of the state of the pitches and more in particular, I think, Crow Park and Parky Cueve, that like we have now explored something that we wouldn't have expected that you can actually have inter-county games at the standard that you'd expect in June and July and August. So I think it doesn't um, it doesn't make any difference now in terms of the weather. Once the pitch, I think, holds up, you'll be able to have a great standard of, of inter-county championship. But the only, thing, the only thing, Mark, is that, you know, how that's that was all right this year. We all made allowances this year. I mean, I, I was training our club under-21s 
from November until St. Patrick's weekend and we all set to go against our old rivals Kinmele and, and it pulled at the last second and, and, and we, mm. it won't be finished now anyway they're not playing it so um, that, where, where is our All-Ireland club going to come into play like if, if the club goes first let's say and just say just say like obviously the favourites in Waterford are going to be belly gunner every year how are they going yeah. to face in time once their club campaign and Liam Cahill wants them back training if the club goes first like yeah, well, I, I suppose it's no different than the end of this 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 year's season, Anthony. Whereby I think the fourteenth of September was the date that all intercounty teams were officially allowed to go back training, and there were club teams still left in quarterfinals, semi-finals, and fi- county finals, and the intercounty management had to just move on without the lads. Um, it, it's going to be difficult, Anthony, when you ask that question, because if you have a team that's involved in the latter stage of Munster Lancer. With like you've seven from Ballyhale are involved, you've probably six or seven from Ballygon. If they were involved in the latter stages, that that intercounty team is affected significantly about it. That is going to be a problem. I would agree with you, but you know, does does it mean that the that that that's, oh Jesus, I don't have an answer for it, Anthony. It, it is a problem. Do we know what they are? Do, do we know when the when the, when the We don't. Is? We don't. But it was it was nearly announced that the the county would go first for sure and. Yeah. Um, but then there was this meeting Saturday, and and John Fogarty that had it, Larry. I think that the possibility was. I don't know, Larry. Would have you a bit of info on it? Uh, he said they're making the final decision next month. So next yeah, month. no, no Jeez, decision. One really want to be quicker than that, lads, for county and club, Joe, wouldn't it? Like, you know, fellas, only would want to nearly know, like, wouldn't it? Well, I suppose, yeah, I think, I think ideally we'd like to know from the point of view, um, you know, it is only when I suppose they start thinking about all these questions, your situation there with club matches and the all- and Munster Club and All-Ireland Club, it's only when you start putting it into play, if you do go ahead with the with, with club first, the implications of doing that, you know, it's, uh, I think, I, I, again, it would be difficult enough, like if, if Intercounty is not going ahead until next August, you know, what what sort of situation? How do you get hold of the players until when do you get them? Yeah. You know, I, I it's going to be it's going to be really really difficult because I think this year was a once off in the context of the of, of the year that was in it. Everyone kind of bought in and Jay brought in the rule that you can't have the players until the fourteenth of September. I don't know would they be able to do that going forward? And uh, you know, if we can't get get access to our players uh, between now and if you're starting back in August again. That makes it very difficult from the point of view of uh, you know they're going back to their clubs in that kind of situation. So I'm not sure. I think the implications of it uh, need to be thought out. I I probably still think the intercounty will go ahead first. The, the one thing anyway from COVID though is that like you know a two a two phase season is the way forward without a shadow of a doubt. You know, yeah. I mean you look at the, the the club hurling and and the advertisement and 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 let's not. Let's not forget that, like you know, hurling is all about the community. It's all about where you're from. It's it, 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 it's it's the grassroots. It's it's where you're reared, born, and turned into an intercounty hurler, really. And to watch the club hurling sitting at home from all over the country, not only in a, in a vested interest in, in in your own county, and to watch the non-elite players perform all over the country was 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 unbelievable, really. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and. To be honest with you, it gave my appetite uh, for hurling. It, it brought it back, uh, looking at it, yeah. and, and reminded me of Monster Club hurling back in the day, Dalo. It was unbelievable, really. And, and, and I certainly think that it was a huge advertisement for GA. And, and, and not only, you know, considering the players in this, but, but the families, the, 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 the uh, uh, players that have kids, Managers, you some of you guys know how difficult it is in a prolonged season that spans out nearly twelve months and drains the shite out of you. 
uh, to a certain degree. I think now that 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 managers, clubs, everyone can go away when this is finally finalised and plan properly. And clubs can plan properly. And I know all ye as well would would love to be. I know in my time I would love to have a couple of months with my club players instead of just coming in after a defeat or a win or whatever and spend a little bit of time with them and you know just to, just to spend that that core couple of months a couple of weeks with them you know it can it can only benefit but I I, I certainly think that uh, out of out of a bad very very tough situation for many many people out there. Uh, it certainly the GA have come up trumps and 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 we've learned something valuable from it. Just one more thing, Dale. Yeah. Next year, uh, with my board and oak hat on in Gary's land, right? There was a change there too, which is happening all over the country. Is this is from the academy now? Is it? Is this no, the chairman this, of the academy. This is no. This is from everywhere all over the country. Is that board and oak is now under seventeen? So the three competitions of everywhere are under 13, under 15, and under 17 everywhere. So Fela is under 15 for everywhere in the country. And the other age groups, the clusters, then we say the non-competitive is going to under 7, under 9, under 11. And that's countrywide. So we've got notification on that. So um, there are changes afoot. And that's, I think the idea there is to, the fallout after 14, I think is huge. So they're trying to maybe drag fellas, keep them at 15, which is giving clubs a better chance to hang on to them even further. Now, what clubs will do with under 19, under 21, I think. So would you, would you agree with this? I do. I do. I do. I do. I think, I a, think lot, a lot of people saying go back to 18 and under 21 mm. inter-county, like from 17 and 20, weren't they? Uh, they were, yeah. I, 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 I think that... Um, I think that under 20 and under 17 is fine for, for inter-county. I think uh, for the club scene, like at under 17, you're belonging to the board and all, right? After that, you're basically part of a senior club, right? I think maybe under 21 might be a bit late because anybody, like really good players, 19 or 20, they're already on their senior team. So yeah, overall, I do agree with it. But I'm just letting you know that that change is in place all over the country for the coming year. No, I saw that, I saw that. And- Brownie, we've we've kept you a long time. I just wondering, Brownie, how did the great Mount Sign miss out on uh, one Jack Fagan from County Meath when he was deciding to throw his lot in with uh, Tadeshi? You, you normally mop up those lads, don't you? We do, we do at times, I suppose. But it just goes to show that <clears throat> you know when you're winning and you're at the top, it attracts it attracts in people, and I think. I think Derek might have, Derek Mack might have had a big part to play in that. You know, he obviously he obviously seen what we saw Saturday evening in in Jack Fagan, and I, I, I think Jack was moving to Waterford or whatever, and built up a relationship with Derek, and um, and I'm watching closely and obviously in the club championships, and just you know just wondering when it was going to happen. Really, with Jack, obviously seen that he had he had those attributes, but. Always a question mark. Could he could he deliver it at Inter County? Came down from Mead, obviously, and could he step up to that step up to that 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 level above? And um, <clears throat> I think he came of age of, of Saturday. But Jesus, what a what a what a what a paw on him! And, and and you know, it just goes it just goes to show, like you know, we, we get so tactical about short ball game and and um, the way the modern game has gone, and yet. Uh, yet the game probably turned on 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 traditional, a traditional kind of a, a set play where he just he just he just he just caught the ball in the air, laid it off, and 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 went through, you know. And you just um, he just he just really came of age on Saturday. Yeah, but Tony, Tony, the, the second goal. If 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 you watch the run up, Daryl Lines, when the when the ball is in the air, like Daryl Lines is gambling on Jack Fagan winning that ball. He's a brilliant run mate. Like that's some yeah. second goal. 
So yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a little bit of both. It's, it, it is the long ball, but it's still the coaching of those guys to make that oh. run. And yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Yeah, incredible. A, Ian Brick, Ian Brick, one of my old pals from Kilmoyley, uh, would be great. Ian, Ian, Ian would be over Kerry Minor teams. That he had a great picture up on Twitter of a Minor B final, an Ireland final. I think in I think it was thirteen. 13 or 14 uh, of Kerry and uh, Meath in the All Ireland B final. And there was Jay Fagan. I think it's Rat Mylan, was his club, was it? I think it was Rat Mylan. And uh, yeah. he, he midfield, it just goes to show like if these fellas got a chance, do you know, even if there's no I met him there. I met him there. He's, he, he's, he's working here in Waterford. And I met him for the first time there, just up close. Um, about a week, about two weeks ago, actually, and just just the condition and the condition of him and, and, and the height of him, like, is will he catch the ball off you? <laughs> I'd say I'd have to take three fingers off him first. <laughs> no, no, better by Tony. Um, just a cu- one question like, I, I've actually six players named here now that we we haven't mentioned for a long I Look, mm-hmm. Noli Connors and Mara Shannon have been mentioned, right? Okay, they were, they were left go, but I have Shane Bennett and Brian O'Halloran. They probably didn't make themselves available this year for one reason or another. Brian, I think, might have retired. You know as well as I do that Shane has a huge amount to contribute. But the big two fellas here, Philip O'Mahony and Padraig O'Mahony, I mean, two lads that are not going to be probably involved. I mean, particularly um, Padraig, like, was he was he the captain originally at the start? Was he? Who tore his crew God, it must be tough on those lads going into an All Ireland final, not, you know, not, not being involved. How Even Tom he... Devine as well. Yeah. Tom Devine, yeah. Yeah, Tom is gone. Yeah. So it's 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 um yeah, look, when you look at it like that, it's 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 phenomenal, really, you know, uh, to be missing such big players and Podrick and Philip and and certainly, you know, people would have raised a few eyebrows in Watford when Liam came in first and there was no Noly Connors or Mara Shanahan within the team. But I but I think like he obviously he, himself and Mikey obviously had uh, had an idea on what way they wanted to play, um, the style they wanted to play, and 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 he probably felt they didn't. They, he obviously felt they didn't fit into that, and he looked for he looked for athletes that could move that were mobile. And it just again, it just shows where the game. He, he, he apparently I heard lads talking during the week there that he brought in a, a, a speed coach. Now I know a lot of inter county teams. It's not new to bring in a speed uh, coach. Martin Bennett. He obviously knew, yeah, he obviously yeah. knew very, very early on the style of game, as Jared alluded to Jared alluded to earlier. And he wanted athletes that were mobile and can move quick and can move fast. And 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 he had his he had his game set and the structure and the type of style he wanted to play very, very early. And and uh, he wanted to pick players and leave players out that, that didn't fit into that model. And Tony, you alluded to it a while ago. I also read the article Stephen Bennett wrote and was involved in last week, right? And he alluded to Desi Hutchinson and his influence coming from five years in a professional game, what he has had on the running and the straight line running and how, how to fix the back like, has been incredible as well. Like, it's like we, we, we've kind of seen, I don't know, Dale, you said this, it was like beating an offside trap, I think, for one of his goals against Clare, right? Like, but uh, Stephen Bennett said that Desi has been a massive help from that point of view. Yeah, we, we, without a doubt, yeah, from, from what I hear coming out of the camp, yeah, and you must remember, like, Stephen Bennett has been riddled with hip injuries, a couple of hip operations, and, and, and what he's doing on the field at the moment is incredible, really. When you think of that pint he got when he picked up the ball in he, back in around 65, 
and ran straight through a defence into Kilkenny's on 21-yard line and popped, weaved players and popped the ball over the bar. I mean, that that wouldn't happen. Dalo, that wouldn't happen in your time, fella coming through. Things like that, you know, 60, picking the ball 65. But he certainly has. And, you know, at times there, you often hear people talking about the GEA and how elite it is and how professional it is and set up. And I was lucky enough to get a, an insight into Leinster Rugby. Uh, a pro setup, and and uh, and the same, um, the same with Desi Hutchison, you know, uh, over in Brighton or whatever, and and you know they're big into kind of the technical aspect of running and agility and change of movement, and you see Desi, he's able to like just he, he's he's as he's acceleration. I'm talking sports science now here. I'm getting into sports science a little bit. He's acceleration and he's deceleration in 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 terms of the way he's able to stop quite quickly and just leave his player go past him is phenomenal really and I'm sure that he brought you know he's he, he, the lads see that in training and they're watching it and they're watching the way he's able to do it and, and and certainly from what I hear of all accounts lads are they're asking the questions they want to learn it's a good sign in the team when, it, when, when players want to learn and they're asking about kind of physical kind of stuff rather than hurling skill you know, you, you know, you know, you're onto something, then. You know, and, and and certainly he is. He has brought a lot of that. He has brought a lot of that pro tips, shall we say, to 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 the table. Yeah, Brony. Uh, we we've kept you an hour. We we let you go back and mind the the bubbles. And uh, <laughs> thanks a million for for joining us. And look, I think we'd all here love to see McCarthy going down T Bar T J. No, we can't say T J. Would love that. <laughs> yeah, he 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 he'd be wanting it for himself. But as I said earlier, it's that like it's the one big county that has that hurling always division one, you know, always monster contenders, all like it's that one county that has to end the famine. And, and you know, I think there's a great chance of it anyway. I know you're up against a great team, but there's a great chance of it. Great chance of it, Dilo. Please God, you know, and as 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 the lads mentioned there, hopefully I think if we can you know, if we can turn up for, for 60, 70 minutes from what we've seen in that 30 minutes in the second half the last day, uh, we'd be definitely, definitely in with a shout, you know. And even I know coming away from the Munster final, Liam was actually very disappointed in, dis- in the display that day against uh, against Limerick. So that, that'll that tell you as well, you know. So so hopefully this 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 team will turn up and the occasion won't, won't get the better of my. I don't think it will. They have experience in, in, in that department, you know. But um, no, listen, look, for Watford to win in All-Ireland, even, even talking about now, I'm getting emotional. It, it, it'd, be, it'd be unbelievable. It'd be unbelievable. I, I'm sure TJ wouldn't, wouldn't deny us that one. And lads, look, it's great to be on. Great, great to chat to you after all, you know. Uh, I'll get the hair cut, get the, get, get the beard shaved for the All-Ireland final. Hopefully, <laughs> we'll back on. And lads, we'll be- if we win it, you're all very, very welcome down here for a couple of large bottles of stout. <laughs> Brownie, 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 we'll hold you to that kid. There's no problem, lads. No problem. Yeah. Pleasure, absolute Cheers. pleasure, lads. Great, great, great to have to go on either, lads. Just the, the insight Brilliant. and the, the whole hunger of, of you know what it would mean to them if if they do get there. And you know, I, I know teachers you can't think like that. <laughs> it's like it, it, some fella asked me there the other day actually on a. I think it was just a private message on Twitter. Just would it affect Limerick or Galway? Um, 
with the whole country nearly wanting water to win. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, and you've been in that situation, Joe, back to your playing days, where you've been hot favourites, let's say, and, and you're Cork and you've 20-something All-Irelands at that stage. And you can't do sentiment like, can you? Absolutely not. No chances. You're dead right. There's no, no way those, you know, those Limerick guys, I suppose, from the point of view, like they've, they've a very, you know, they're a very, they're a top class team. Like, you know what I mean? They, you know, sentiment plays no part in a, on an All Ireland final day like that when you're, you know, when you're when you're out trying to win an All Ireland. Um, you know, maybe afterwards if Waterford do happen to win it, they'd say, well, fine. Like, but uh, I'd say the thought process leading up to it, like, will be just about themselves and being ruthless and about the opportunities that they have to win. You know, to back up, I suppose, to win another All Ireland in 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 um, within two or three years, it'll probably justify you know the the you know the talk about them and how good they are. Like if you're McDonald win this one, you know, to, if they if they if they only win one out of three, you know what I mean, people will, will maybe maybe question them a bit. They they have a chance now to back it up, like you know what I mean. They came close last year, got to the semi final, but they'll be looking to put to, to, to win two or three all errands, like you know what I mean. So as you say, sentiment will be no part on the, on Sunday week. Yeah, plus plus it'll be it'll be John Kiley's fourth season as well. Like and if you know it's a funny one, like if you lost this final, won the Tiege with all they've collected now, fair enough, like watching Declan Hannon picking up cups. Left, right, and centre. And funny one, though, if you, if you don't go along now and finish the job in two weeks' time, it'll it'll feel weird. Of course, it'll feel magical. First team to win since '73 and all the heartbreak was ended that day, and what a magic day that was. And but just there's something in this one that needs to be completed. Like, yeah, uh, I, I suppose. Look, this team has been extremely successful for Limerick, and you can't take anything away. Like back to back monster titles, two league titles, and an Ireland title. So. I'm not saying that they have to do more to prove anything to, to the general public to say that they're a great team. They are a great team. I know we do say about county champions that it takes a good team to win one, it takes a great team to win two. And I suppose what Ger has just said there, for history to be kind to them, yeah, they probably would need to win another, another All-Ireland. And I think um, they've done everything right. They've just won the semi-final. In a way, as a manager, that you really like to win a, a semi-final. You don't want it to go down to that in the 75th minute to be a draw and you to get home by three. But it's, it's, it's a way that the minds will definitely be focused. Um, they got the job done. For me, I thought that they were by far the better team. I thought around the 50, 55 minute stage there that they were going to kind of put this game to bed and they didn't and they left Galway in there. And that can be dangerous. Um, I'm not sure exactly what an effect Joe's injury at that time like had on the game. Like basically, like it was 22-20, Galway were coming right back in. I know they leveled it afterwards, but just a great game to win for Limerick. They got out of, got out of trouble and they're in the All Ireland final. It's all they could do on the day. Yeah, I, I was doing my few notes, TJ, watching it, right? And here's my few notes, right? And I, I didn't put times on it only at certain times, right? But Right, first thing I wrote down was Galway very hungry. Second thing I wrote down was tackling Crisper. Third thing I wrote down was pushing up on Hennon. Barry Nash now loose. On 14 minutes then I wrote, Limerick touch, shocking. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then there's a little gap, and I had 7-2 written down, which yeah. is the score. Yeah. Then the next thing I wrote with a little gap was Limerick getting a grip. Uh puck outs then and an asterisk beside the puck outs right? obviously they were starting to turn over a few puck outs and then I, I wrote Hegarty score Hegarty score massive run from Kyle now 8-6 yeah. 
yeah. started to turn around in, didn't it? it started to turn around. And you, like, the other factor for Galway was Cahal Mannion went off in 24 minutes and he was probably a significant loss to them at that stage because he's a brilliant runner and look for the ball and say, oh, he defends and from the keeper. The keeper, uh, he's a good keeper and he made a couple of great saves. Some of the puckouts were probably self-inflicted and a couple of others where like when you're going short with the puck outs there's always that risk and Limerick would have been sensing those and they'd have been looking for the turnovers so they were making life difficult for him and like when you have big boys around the pitch there like Will Donoghue, Garol Hegarty and them like it's hard to get puck outs away but it definitely became a factor as, as the game went on like Limerick got no score for the opening nine minutes of the game as well which was strange and like Galway definitely definitely shaded the open quarter with that second quarter and I know John Kiley alluded to the flow started to happen. They got some great scores. The two boys, Hegarty and Tom Morrissey, obviously very good. And so it, it, it started to happen. And then, like at half time, you felt that Limerick were in a decent position. <laughs> and I suppose at this stage, maybe like Joe Kenning's line balls were so effective that like, if he hadn't to put those over the bar in the first half, like they were like nearly like freeze um, like for, for Galway. If he, if he hadn't scored those, Galway would have been in a far worse position. Yeah. And- do you know, like, I don't remember doing it too often now, but I remember fellas around me doing it where a wing forward would take on a wing back down the sideline, like he was going skinning him. I was the fella being skinned now, but we had a couple of fast lads as well. And, uh, you know, they'd get back, maybe club match now, county final or county semi-final, they'd get back and they'd flick the ball off the hurley out over the line cleanly, you know, and they'd get a massive cheer off the crowd, like, great defending, young Cunningham or whatever. Like, no, it's absolutely lethal doing that, isn't it? Especially for playing Galway, but I think like you look at other teams as well. You know, we have a few oh, yeah. here below: Mark Mar- Mar- Coleman, Declan Dalton. Most most county teams now, like look at Tipperary, Ron and Mar. It's a it's 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 an art and a skill that that the lads have perfected uh, over over years. You know, you go into you go in training now, you see guys like it's nearly a competition and out in the side. I know they're all practicing taking the sideline box, like you know. It was exhibition stuff, like four out of four, like you know. And I think the camera angle behind when you see him, do you see the flight of the ball, the way he's able to control that ball, bring it in from left to right? It was superb. It was absolutely superb, as you say. I think like, I think he did it in a Fitz final, Joe. He did down in court. He did. He did down in court. Down yeah. down in, down in CIT. Like, you know, it, uh, he's he's been doing it like for he's been doing it for ten or twelve years since he's since he broke through, you know, onto the scene. Uh, it's been his trademark, and he never fails to deliver on it. Like, and I think just yesterday. You know, every single one of them under pressure saying, "Can you do it again? Can you do it again?" They were brilliant, and it's it's just a it's just a brilliant skill. But I think it's I think remember a couple of years ago there was talks of you know adding a, a second score oh. or make it two points. I think you know it could have been a, I think it's 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 a skill in itself. You know, like, I think it, uh, it it's I think it was the right call to leave it at one at one point. I think it uh, I think it was the right thing to do. But just fantastic. We all teams have it now at the stage. Like it's just a brilliant skill. I know when it when it goes. When it doesn't go well, you're saying there's a puck out back down the field or whatever it is. But I think with the way the guys can practice them so often now, it's it's definitely it's definitely worth a chance to you know they're so good at. It. Yeah, no. yeah. Have you ever have you ever seen him knock him one down? No, Joe. Has he ever just like, one dribble down the ground? I don't think I've ever seen that in your Is this like yourself out golfing? Like yeah, yeah. Because I, I definitely I've I plenty drives knocked down like, but I've, I've never seen like he just meets it so sweetly every single time. Like it's just just a hundred percent consistency. Like. Uh, he's like you nearly knew you nearly expected there were going to be points, didn't you? Like Kyle yeah. Hayes knocked one of them over the line. I think no, he didn't knock it over the line, but he kind of miscontrolled it. And uh you just said, Oh Jesus, that's the point, and yeah. I did 
Johnny, we were at home, right? We were saying that um, Joe said two points down, then Finton stands up to a line ball and put it to the home. Yes. And, and, we're, and we're there saying in the, in the sitting room, well, at least Joe was gone, right? <laughs> and you, you obviously knew about Finton. Finton knocked it straight over the bar to bring it back to one leg. That was so striking the ball as well. And he was a lucky, like he was lucky for another one. So they could have actually ended up with six sidelines in the game. You, you showed him all that, obviously, Finton. I showed him everything he knows. He had some second half. <laughs> <laughs> he had some second half and probably a mistake not to play him I'd say yeah it was tactical like that. no in saying that Sean Aftis was picking up Graham early doors and like he, yeah. did a, he, he did a great job on him but they made a lot of changes at half time and for a while they, they, they were starting to work because Gerard Hegarty's influence in the second half wasn't anywhere near it was in the first half Tom Morrissey was probably more consistent all the way through but yeah they, like I, I, I don't know like I think Shane O'Neill this morning, we'll look at it to say they got Limerick down the stretch on 75 minutes. The match was a draw. Parag Mannion killed a huge amount of the space. I know, I, and I listened to Davey last night, and his analysis was very good, like in terms of the ball to Galan and the inside forwards didn't do the damage. I'm just asking the question this morning we're, we're, we're going, did, did, they, did they go, were they containing Limerick or did they really go for it? I suppose that, yeah. that's, that, that's the big question for all of people this morning, isn't it? I think I think you're right. I, I think they went. They, they played a game that's alien to the mark. Like, have you ever ever seen a Galway team with a sweeper before? No, I mean, and, and like, and, and and remained with the sweeper really for nearly most of the game, barring when the game started to drift away from them. I thought, I thought they left it too long altogether. I thought the Dahi Burke was well on top of either Flanagan or Galan inside, and I thought Loftus was quite capable. And I thought. Finton Buck coming on made, made a big difference. You, you know, last week, my, my thoughts on Shane Cooney, I didn't think he should start. And I thought Tom Morrissey cleaned him out in the first half. And he, he actually, because Tom Morrissey was starting to bring Limerick, I thought, back into the game when they were having a bad spell. But I thought overall that, that Galway, after a blistering start, and you mentioned the 7 2, they were outstanding in the first quarter. But I thought they started to go back into their shell slightly. And I thought they spent too long being defensive, they should have come out of their shell a bit earlier and went man-on-man on on Limerick because I thought they had had the beatings of Limerick. And I suppose Conor Whelan, even though he had a very, very good game, he had a couple of scores that went awry at, I think, late in the game. He had one particular one over on the Cusick stand side that should have been over the bar. And like, I thought Limerick had the rubber degree, Anthony coming down the stretch now as well. They got a couple of points. There was one foul in particular where uh, Garrod Hegarty took out Adrian Tui under the high ball and the ball broke into Tom Morrissey, put it over the bar. And Aidan Hart had a couple of loose, very loose clearances that were turned over as well. Like they got three points in the last three minutes and they were all mistakes from Galway. Now, to me, the game could have went anywhere, but a bit too defensive, I thought, Anthony. And, you know, Patrick Mannion, even though he's a very, very good player, wouldn't you love to see him playing at half back, maybe like you know, delivering good quality ball and being able to mark a man at the same time? So, for me, I thought a bit of a mystery, a bit of a mystery mark how, how Gerard Hegarty came off the field without even getting a yellow card, wasn't it? Incredible, like incredible. Now, and and like it was something that I, I, I have in my notes here that I thought Fergal Hagen had an outstanding game on Saturday night and James Owens, and he's a top quality referee now, to be fair. And it's something that Brian Gavin has mentioned, he, it's only his second game this season it looked like a man that was only getting back up to form but like he missed a couple of obvious uh, fouls I thought the the Garod Hagerty one on Joe Henning was the most blatant one of all how he didn't get a yellow calf for that is very surprising I'm in agreement with all I don't think he intentionally went to, it's not it wasn't as striking but it was it, you know that, and that's a that's a 
it's, it's wrong to say that, but I mean, you know, he definitely was a yellow card. It wasn't a sending off, I thought. Do you think if James Owens had seen it, he obviously didn't see it? Well, no. obviously watching the ball. I'm going to bring you back now to our discussion about technology. So if yeah. the technology was used on Sunday, I think we may have had definitely a yellow card for the incident and it might have put James under pressure to give him a red card for it. And that's why I'm saying, like the Galan incident in the first half, where he flicked Ian Murphy in the net, no need for it whatsoever. It wasn't picked up by either the umpires or uh, the referee. Again, video evidence. A man up in the box said, listen, James, you need to go in and book um, in Galan. We saw it as punters outside. We saw the, the replays of, of, as punters outside. There would be no punter complaining if they both got yellow cards. And particularly the, 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 the late incident as well for the Tom Morrissey, that he, he took two he out of it like. But you couldn't you couldn't compare the Galan one, Ger, and the uh, Hegarty one. Like I mean, Galan was basically, I'd say, acting the mega as far as saying to the keeper, keep poking him out like that. You know, so because of, there was a bit of psychology there, like you would yeah. you know, thanks thanks for that one, because it was a mistake from uh, from from your Murphy that that uh, and Galan is, you know, he likes to go in and you know, he likes to have a bit of a chat every now and then. So yeah. I thought, you know, there was nothing in that really to an extent, but as I say, it's you know, by, by doing it, you're leaving yourself open to maybe getting a yellow card and all of a sudden, you know, you, you might get another one late in the game. You could give a high tackle and you could be in trouble. So, like, they probably should have been picked up. The umpires are probably watching the ball gone over the bar and he just came in a little tap. I thought there was nothing in that, but certainly Garrod Hegarty's one, he was just, you know, it was, I don't think there was any intent in it, but, uh, you know, if, if James Owen obviously didn't see it because normally something like that with a strike at a hurley would have been a yellow card and when you get a yellow all of a sudden you know you can you're 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 on tender hooks because you can you know one more silly thing that you could be blown for and it could change the whole game like you know so um but as I say just going back to your earlier point there I that, that TJ reckon just what was strange about Galway I think was that the fact that it was only you know they had a week between the tip match and, and playing Limerick and for them to go with a sweeper where they haven't done it all year you know, like it's it's a it's a tactic that you wouldn't associate with Galway all year that they haven't done it. So well, they did they did they did for the first half against the Bork. Did they? Yeah. Okay. They did Bork like. Sorry, they did Bork. But there was a gate. There was a gale of wind there. In the, yeah, there was. The right. like that day. You know, but again, it's I suppose it's a it's a it's a question. TJ said was a containment or you know, but when you look at it, they went right down the wire. You know, the seventy third, seventy fourth minute, they were level. You know what I mean? So, you know, people could say... Would you say, like, there's a lot of talk about the goalie this morning and, and I thought he, he actually, his goalkeeping was superb. I mean, the save from Reedy was as good a save as we've seen in years. Like, um, the way he stood up to it, another very good one um, was a from Jamie Flanagan in the first half. Yeah. But like, would you say, like, I never remember James Scahill or Cullum Cannon going short too often unless there was a blatant guy on or something and they were playing a particular team. Like this is a this is a new kind of a thing for like and Limerick are very good at going sharp because they're used to it and you we watched it in the Munster final I was at the Munster final to be able to see Hannon finding five yards of space I thought like an awful lot of these puckouts were very marginal you know that have to be like nearly like hit out of a, a bow and arrow to be yeah you they know, have to that, be on the money I think if you're going sharp yeah. like that I think somebody had it this morning that he was kind of the puckouts breaking down. Give were, were give Limerick five scores or five points and in 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 tight matches that's a that's huge you know what I mean so but I suppose what he's been brought in for is that obviously it's it's the way they want to go that they want to go short that um you know they're looking to get to to get possession possession is you know nine tenths of the law now but what's probably unusual is that you know Galway do have the likes of Joe and Cahill Mannion in the forward line like you know that they can go long if they want to 
but the fact that they had the extra body in Porrick Manning back covering meant they had an extra body there in defence to be able to give the short ball to. But what probably left them down was that the execution didn't probably, wasn't just on the money. A lot of those need to go into the hand. You know, they were on the ground and all of a sudden, if you just miscontrol for, 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 you know, for a split second, the Limerick forwards are all over you, all, all trying to turn you over. And I think it's the impact of those scores, Dalo, in some of the games can be crucial. Like, you know, when, when, when you get a turnover, it just lifts the team that when, when, you, when you turn over a puck out, it gives them, it gives a, it gives a team a great lift, and I think yesterday, like five is a huge amount of uh, scores, uh, you know, indirectly to, as a result of a, of of a puck going straight. I think, or and the, the, the most significant one was probably the one in the seventy sixth minute, which remember when Limerick had gone a pint up, right, and then he went short, and it just went over. It was I'm not sure if it was Aiden Hart, but Tom Morrissey just cut it out, and off his left he put that ball over the bar. That probably at a pint down at that juncture. That probably just nailed it, didn't it? To go two up there, let's say, with a minute or two to play. And he did the first half, teaching the first half. Sorry, Mark, he, he, yeah. got away, he got He got caught up in the first half as well. Well, he was very lucky. Like he was blessed. That it should be a goal for Graham O'Kay. Yeah, he was blessed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, but what was impressive for me, if, like if he was going to do it, is that he stuck with it. You know, yeah. obviously it was attacked. He didn't. Sometimes when you know you you hit one short or you're two short, the next one then you're tempted. Well, I'm going to go with the next three or four long because I'm not bringing any focus on it. But in fairness to him. He, uh, he he showed he showed great courage to stay with it and he stuck with it, even though it, they might have come against him later on. Everyone would tell you about him that he's he he has been coming Tommy Larkin's man and he's been coming and he really is the best keeper in the county. And I sure look at every goal he'll have days like that, won't he? Like, but for me, like he doesn't concede a goal. I'm delighted with my goalie, but now it's it's a different job now, Jordan. Even your day, like in this, I know, like it. The, the, from a goalkeeping point of view, now like you're looking at a goalkeeper and um, shot stopping or, or ball handling, like are, are, are probably going down the pecking order nearly at this stage. So the first thing you're looking at now with the goalkeeper is that you know he's going to have the ball 30 or 40 times in the game, you know, maybe even more. What's he going to do with it, and how good is he on the puckles? And I think nearly every you know every goalkeeper in, in all top teams now they spend more time practicing the puckouts now nearly they do. Um, uh, as regards shot stopping, so it's a crucial element of the game now at this stage. What your goalie is going to do with the ball, and uh, you know you've got to be you've got to be brave. You know at times like it's very difficult. It's easy to stand on the sideline and say, look, you know you're looking down on the pitch. Why doesn't he pick out this fellow? But when you've got six or seven forwards in front of you with the hurley up, trying to block space, trying to take, trying to encourage you to you know one puck it over my head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy, and it takes great courage at times. You know. Do you know think too, Jar, is the game management from the keeper because you don't really hundred percent know what the opposition are going to do yeah. until the game has started, right? So it's, it's kind of in his own hands. Then let's say once the game starts, like if everybody pushes up, you got to basically the option to go long. If they give you the option to go short, so the game management side of it is huge. And it's that you have possession, you want to keep it. So it's a massive area of the game but puck outs for and the puck outs against now is probably one of the biggest factors I'd say in the modern game yeah 100% yeah. No, no doubt TJ I, I didn't see you producing the tactics board at all on um, Sunday huh? <laughs> see the way he says that's like TJ, um, do I didn't I didn't see it either. Mark joining, I will say, is there was a significant difference between quarter one and quarter two. So whatever was discussed and whatever was put to change, put in place, it definitely worked. I have to say, I've been critical of the camera work for uh, some of the games. I thought in Crow Park on behind the goals. Even the camera last night and the Sunday game from back in the Hogan stand where you can kind of see a clear picture. Really, really good. And actually speaking of cameras, Dale, I'm not sure if you're watching any of the races in Ferry House yesterday, right? Racing 
were you? Racing yeah. in in Allen and Belly Adam machine, yeah, unbelievable. But did you see the camera from Belly Hack where they had the camera? It was the, the drone, drone, Un- unbelievable, right? Brilliant. So again. I'm just saying in, in, in to take things forward down the road next year or the year after, there's definitely something there. We don't maybe need a zip line now like they have in like the, the NFL, American, right? Yeah, the American uh, football, yeah. But, but in order to see the formations and to see the way these puckouts, I think the general public would learn an awful lot more on puckouts and what's facing the likes of Anna Murphy if you have those type of cameras. So that's coming down the road, part of the future. If you were a coach, uh, coaching for or coaching against, that's the type of camera work you'd like don't be giving Dave the ideas. <laughs> but does it does it line? Okay, <laughs> zip line in Wexford Park in January, was. <laughs> and the interesting thing, Joanne Cantrell made the point that um, that the RTE had a feed on the referee's mic as well during the game. On I think Sunday. they had that for the last couple of years. They had it for our own finals. I think they had it for the final last year. Now, Park, is it? They had it for the final last year, but she was the only one in the RTE box that could hear it. Though. The rest of us. Right, I don't okay. know how they were given her access to it or one one mic or whatever. But, uh, but, does, but does that mean so that the referee is definitely mic'd up to another referee himself? I wonder, or is it that uh, just that? Well, well, he's definitely mic'd talk like, in Co Park, so he's, he's, he's right. in that room. So, um, I'm not sure if he's mic'd to another referee or not. Like, but, did yeah. he overrule Hawkeye at one stage? Not overrule it, but did he just tell the umpires, I saw it going over the bar? Yeah, there's no need for a Hawkeye, there's no need for Hawkeye. I thought he said he tapped his ear and he probably got it. It was a point. Anyway. What's the zip line, TJ? I don't watch that American football tell. Do you know um, we were in Las Vegas? I was twice. Did you, did you go down downtown Las Vegas? I don't know. I just was That's in the casino. Oh, well, I, so, no. I was just in a casino and there was some lady bringing me off for free. <laughs> well, you, know, you were obviously losing. Were you losing? Quite, by the time I went up to bed, I had no money left. <laughs> it's basically downtown Las Vegas, right? It's kind of a big, long street where all the casinos and everything's on, right? And there's a zip wire, a zip line, right? Basically all the way completely straight down the street, right? So from one end of the street, right, you effectively can, like, like a bird, you're kind of basically hooked up with your back to this zip wire, zip line, and it'll take you straight down. All the way down the street, like this, you are flying over everybody. But in the NFL, they have a camera which basically runs straight down the middle of the field, so you can get an overview feed. So when the guys are in the rock or in the or in just basically on the play, you can see exactly what's happening underneath. So that's something new for RTE coming down the track. Okay, I hope every, you're listening every, there, Joanne. Get on to Declan McBennett there and tell Declan get on to the bosses there. We we need a zipline camera. Yeah. And so, have I to go up on the zipline camera then? <laughs> Do you know what? That probably would be very new, and you know uh, it, it would be something. That's a circus now. Is what you need to go on today, though. Yeah, you know, <laughs> during, the, during, during the water break, and then at any break in play, you could maybe really inform us on the puck outs, what's happening, the movement. Yeah, yeah, we, we've good idea. I think I I said I said Jamesy Jamesy get on to the first there he'd be down the three piece suit going down the middle of the crop <laughs> he'd be about the only one fit enough to do it anyway I definitely bring the camera zip line and the whole lot down me anyway <laughs> and if anybody goes to Las Vegas go down to the old town Las Vegas right it's an unbelievable straight down the straight down the street. Yeah, I have. You no, know, I did do more in Las Vegas than just uh, the casinos. Gamble my money in casinos. I did a bit of that too. But <laughs> yeah, I did. I did do a bit of a tour around there, and even we found a we found an Irish bar there one stage as well back in the day with the Dubs. Um, we made a lovely Irish stew myself and Richie Stakedam and, and Professor Chris Thompson and Kieran Heatherton, the bowled hedgehog with a bowl of Irish stew 
in Las Vegas. That'll tell you how sad we are when we go abroad. <laughs> we were only gone for two weeks, like, or a week, even when we to go for a bowl of virus stew. And that Guinness draft. It was lovely, Mac. Yeah, actually, I, I think you know the name of that pub. Was it Five Iron or something? I, I, I know. It's, it's, I, I know exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's it. it was you, the one with the big shamrock on it outside, was it? Yeah, yeah. You've been there a good bit, uh, TJ. Yeah, no, only, only there the once. Only, only, only there the once. Um, T- so it's, it, it's, JP brought you? No, no. It's my wife brought me actually. I felt so. Yeah. So um, I would highly recommend it. Anybody who's into whether you like a show, bit of gambling. Whatever it is you like, Las Vegas. We, we did the Hoover Dam and all that, the helicopter. So, yeah, definitely. Well worth the, Grand, the Grand Canyon. Some Grand Canyon, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and go along to the old town and check out the zip wire. Tell you what, thing, boy. You learn a lot of this podcast. I'll tell you one thing. He's so mad that TJ Ryan buys it And fellas will be saying, there's no fella from Knock Long there. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't know yeah. much about you wouldn't, it. You wouldn't see a zip wire Knock Long and Guys Blend there. Like, <laughs> you're going to be signed up for a travel show next, TJ. Anyway, back to the matters at hand, Delo. Limerick. Yes, TJ. We're back in the All Ireland final. Um, perfect, uh, I would say, approach from a semi final point of view. Boys get back on track this week. Any bit worried, that TJ? Any bit worried, like? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I I'd be more worried now, like about Waterford than I was. Like I was really, really impressed with them, and I'd be also concerned this morning that the news on Aaron Galan isn't exactly what you want to hear. I'm not sure the extent of the industry or, or the injury, but anybody who spends a night in hospital two weeks before Aaron final has to be a concern. And I think that the game plan that Limerick play a guarantee. Galan is really, really significant to what they do, and I think he'd be a massive loss. I'm not sure, like Seamus Flanagan, definitely was a help. I think in, in, in that he was, he's somebody else to be picked up, right? I'm not sure if we have somebody else in that Galan that he can play the same role as many players as we have. I think Galan is key. Yeah, and the boys highlighted that before the game yesterday on his movement. I think it was Henry highlighted it. Um, it's very hard to coach that into someone in two weeks. I know it is you know, in behind or in front, and as he's free taken, just just a huge asset to the team. So he, he'd be a big loss, but no, certainly I, I didn't see the odds. I think my father told me this morning, it was something like two to five. I think Limerick and maybe around five to two or something. Wild for yeah, I, 11 I, to four, 11 to four. Is it okay? So yeah, good value. I, as I said, the parallels between Limerick in 2018 and Wadford, what they're doing in 2020, are there for anybody to see. They're definitely on an upward curve, Wadford. I said it last night to you there, like the, the, the guys are really in the zone. I, I, I was wondering, was there even a performance coach working with this Waterford group that they're so clued in and so just basically on task and sticking to the process and they've been very, very impressive. So yeah, really, really tough job at hand. Could you put your finger, was it just down to Galway's tactics, Mac? Could you put your finger on, on, on the slow start from Limerick? Like me, as I said, my first five notes, Limerick touch shocking. Like even Graham yeah. Mull's chance of the goal, like he rose yeah. that ball perfectly, but he yeah. just didn't take it in his end. I, I think potentially the fact that uh, Galway had a game played the weekend before Anthony, they may have, you know, been a little bit match sharper, I would say, at the very start of the game. They were coming in as, as outsiders as well, so they were going to bring the game to them. And, and like they, they got a fierce good start in terms of, you know, I suppose they set up with a sweeper and it took maybe Limerick a couple of minutes to get to grips with who's going where, who's going to be the loose man and ended up being Barry Nash for a good bit of it. Um, but I think in the overall, like we know that Limerick are a real consistent team. They don't do panic. 
once they start to get into their strides, they're like a well-oiled machine. Um, but I think in the overall, look, looking at it, I think actually Galway, the game, I said the, the semi-final might take a bit out of Galway because of the ground conditions in the Gaelic grounds against it Tipperary. Yeah. And, and I think that that actually might have impinged in Galway. We'll never know. But like, if you go, go back to horse racing and stuff like that, horse, some horses will go on soft ground. Some horses need good ground. To me, like Waterford are definitely a good ground and they had played in Parky Queeve the week previous. And I'd mentioned in the pod, I felt that they would be fresher and it wouldn't take as much out of their legs. I think the match in the Gaelic grounds took a lot out of the Galway players' legs. I didn't think they had a whole pile of zip. They just trudged through it physically. It was a savage physical game altogether. But I think Pat, that Galway thing was they were really fresh, I thought, in the first 15 minutes and they started to get sluggish, even though they, they hung in there and they hung in and lost Cahal Mannion, lost Joe Canning. Oh, no, Joe's uh, last was late in the game. Mannion's was a more critical last as far as I'm concerned because Evan Nyland came in and really replaced what Joe Canning was going to do because he was outstanding when he came on. But I, well, still, I, still, yeah. Mark, when it was so tight at the death, not having Joe yes. in around full forward, maybe, you know? Yes, yes, yes. But I do think, Anthony, that the last for Galway was constructed by their own defence because a couple of the last three scores came from mistakes and I don't want to be pointing out Aiden and, and he was brilliant. He, he was the match winner against Tipperary but he made a couple of crucial mistakes and the goalkeeper, the, the, the puck out that TJ mentioned, it only went over his fingertips. Italian. and went straight into it and like Tom Morrissey hit that off of 65 yards off, off his left, cool as a breeze. So I think the mistakes were at the back end today, rather than actually the opportunities that weren't missed up front. Dylan, we probably yeah. would have been we probably would have been good soft operators ourselves. I would say it would have been our optimum ground, wouldn't it? I would, I would love the national league. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought at the second water break, the Limerick were five points up. They were twenty one sixteen. I felt at that stage, Dylan, that they were in control of the game, and for me, I was kind of waiting for maybe the the, the, the killer punch. I think. And even looking at John Kiley's body language, I think they were looking for us. I think David Reedy had a great chance, possibly should have put it low. I think if a goal came at that stage, I think Limerick would have ran out maybe a little bit more comfortable. But they left, left, left Galway in the game. And then, as I said, we, we, we know what happened from their home. But I just felt that around the middle of the part of the second half, around the second water break, I think Limerick were well in control of the game. Mm. It'd probably be a slight concern for John Kiley that they didn't close the game out there because... Like we know how strong Waterford finished, so it, that will definitely be a concern for him. Yeah, I thought you were goose teach. I thought I thought it was a typical example, and we've seen it so often. A team that's so dominant, and I was even saying it to the girls around inside the room watching it. Sure, I was saying Limerick are going to lose this. That's they're going to lose it. I, I, you can just tell. I said they did. They got their chances. They should be out of size here, and they're going to be caught. And I suppose that it's a good sign of them that they still managed to win by three points. Then. When they had nearly blown it, like back well, yeah. to level, as you said, on 75 and one by three, and yeah. there's no goal involved there. No, and it's always a great sign of a team to find a way because just as you said, yeah, the momentum definitely had swung. And I think it's, it's, it's 75 minutes was a draw, and they, they found a way, which was huge. I thought in the second half, I thought Keen Lynch's influence was huge. He was involved in a lot of stuff that happened good. And the other significant factor for me in the second half was Peter Case's introduction. Good few scores came off him. You know, he made a massive... Score two, made three, did he? Yeah, possibly. Like, it, just, it just was a huge, huge plus to have someone like, a player like uh, Peter Casey. Probably would have been disappointed, even though, like, this is this is, doesn't really make sense, my statement, right, is that 
I don't like leaving Peter Casey out, but I think that Seamus Flanagan in makes us stronger up top. Like, so it's kind of a little bit contradictory. So make what you can of that deal. <laughs> yeah, we'll discuss it next week, I suppose. But if Galan is fit, it's going to be a fair headache for Kylie, Casey or Mulcahy after yesterday, like, isn't it? Like, who yeah. starts, who comes on, you know? Yeah, I suppose the beauty of it is you've got four really good inside forwards, which is a big plus. Yeah. And I said yesterday was Peter Casey's turn. Like, his influence in the second half was possibly a match winner. Yeah, we spoke about the new managers early in the year, Jaron, and you know, we, we wouldn't include Kieran in that. I suppose we'd include us Brian Law and, and Liam Cahill and Shane O'Neill. And fairness to Shane O'Neill to be a fair old scorecard after the year, wouldn't it? Yeah, 100%. They've done really well, you know, but uh, you know, he came in there that did, but you know, he had that they are a very good squad, you know, and he took yeah. over a very good squad from, from, from the left up there. They're a very settled team, they've got very, very good players like they're some, they're some huge men like they're that you know, you know, I suppose, uh, so. The team that he got, like really, were there. You know, they're they've been contenders. They're there about for the last number of years, and uh, you know, he, I think, as you say, he's done a good job. He'd be disappointed, I suppose, that they didn't win Leinster. Uh, you know, they put themselves in a, in, in a situation to win that game. So at the end of it, he, you know, he hasn't won any trophies. But um, you know, first year in, I'd say he'd have to be happy in relation to where he's where he's taking the team. He's he's brought in. A, you know, he's he's introduced a few new players. Uh, there's probably a few more on the way. Uh, was, there's a few of the lads that have been around a while, but uh, they're still there. They're about. They'll be, you know, they're still hard. They're a very hard team to beat. They have some great players, you know, and they finished up the game without Joe, without Cahill Mannion, and still came very close to winning it. And for like, but for them, one all Ireland is kind of unsatisfactory, really, mm-hmm. isn't it? For for Joe, for Aidan Hart, for you know, I, the fellas still being Johnny Cohen. Uh, the Mannions are still young, I know, but a lot of the, you know, Dahi Burke, well, five all-stars, like, but one All-Ireland, like, as a bunch of players, they probably would be under, uh, to be, they wouldn't be satisfied with that, like, if they look yeah. back on it. Yeah, definitely, no doubt, you'll be, you'll be saying it like, when you name all those players, they're like, oh, really, really good players, you know, they'd be looking for a bit more than one All-Ireland, and it's a bit like the Limerick point we mentioned a while ago, you know what I mean, the, uh, you know, Limerick have one, looking for the second one, you know, sometimes you've got to, the great teams back it up by winning a second one like, after they win one. So, but Galway are not going away. They're they're still going to be around. There's some really really good players. You know what I mean? I, I think that uh, they'll still be. They're still a force we reckon with. There's, uh, they've got some good players coming through. Um, probably haven't seen as many of the minors or in the twenties that we've that they've had over the last number of years that maybe are just struggling to make the breakthrough. So, um, still, I say as you say, they'll be disappointed that uh, they you only have the one over the last number of years. But. Um, you know the margins are so tight now between winning and losing. You know what I mean? They could have, yesterday could have been could have been as I say you came down the stretch. You know they lose the last by three in the end. Like but it's probably that was probably harsh on them. You know, yeah, probably probably a bit of a victim of being um, there thereabouts all the time. Like nearly well, except for last year. Last year we just caught coming out of Leinster, but you know there thereabouts all the time. Whereas Tip probably have come in like in sixteen and last year and won them and then haven't been kind of near them in the other years. So. Probably a better way of going at it, Mark, if you, you know, saying like if you're beating semi-finals, the desperate disappointment, pick it up again. And maybe and f- maybe at times if they were out and got a complete break and then come at it again. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, just kind of a, a case of trying to fill the tank and come with everything, yeah. get it over. Like winners find a way of winning, Anthony. That's the thing about it. And you go back to all the good quality teams, you know, whether it's hurling, whether it's soccer, whether it's rugby, or like Leinster, you know, it is. I see you're, you didn't get over the line, Dale, over the weekend. But look, you We're know, top Liverpool, of the table. Yeah, yeah Liverpool, of course. Uh, one, and and what, we, we did a Fergie time again over the weekend, 3-2, you know. Like, for, a crowd, for a crowd that were totally out of it in the season, lads. 
we're only five points off the top of the game in hand. So, you know, anything can happen. I know, I know you're going to be a Katie Barry. I tell you, Fernandez by and, and, and that other like Cavani. There's some operators up front. Say, say, say that again. What's his name? Cavani, is it? Cavani. <laughs> Come in for your dinner. And poor old Maradona. We lost him during the week yes, as well. Yeah, we're on about the old drones there and, and the, the brilliant picture of Ellie Hack and Fairy House like, and, and the zip wire from TJ. Jesus, like, like, we didn't get to mention it. Jesus, when you were 16, lads, I was 16 when he won that World Cup. And he bait the Brits and he, and he, and he hand passed it into the top corner of the knit pass Shelton. Different class! They have some impression on you now. There's no doubt in my mind you know, who the greatest ever was. I know a lot of the young people that maybe listen to this now, they'll be saying Messi or Ronaldo, which of them. Jesus Maradona for me was just the king of all kings. Wasn't he? Like, yeah. Well, for the, me, like watching Pele and watching Maradona, they were brilliant. But like, we only saw the clips of Pele. We didn't see really in yeah. full flow for, for an hour and a half. But if you put the clips of Maradona together, I thought for his skill and his ability was just incredible. He was marginally ahead of Pele. You know, the new brand is, is obviously Messi and Ranella, but oh, yeah. six, 60 years of age is too, is too young. They all are like, you know, so you better watch yeah. yourself. Mind yourself. He enjoyed it. Up. He enjoyed it, Mark. That's the key to it. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. There's lots of people live to be 97 or 98. They don't fucking live it at all. And there's no hitch on a hearse, Mark. <laughs> you just want to remember that now, kids. You can't leave it behind. You're you piling know? it up there. You're piling it up. You're investing it. And yeah. them three young friends will enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, just in case you catch me out now next week, the Queen is back. She's entered for Thursday in Clan Mill. Come okay, listeners, the Queen yeah. is back. Is that a hurdle there. race? A hurdle race as... as as the uh, the Limerick man predicted, she'd be back over hurdles before Christmas. Yes, you threw you, you threw us off the scent there a few weeks ago by saying she was back and she's going to Dundalk one of the nights. And TJ said no, she'll go for hurdle race first. Yeah, so we'll give her. What a, would this be now for her? A handicap hurdle. A handicap hurdle, two point two minus three, a bit soft for her, like you know. Even though the owner might like it soft, she likes it. She's a bit like the water of a team. She likes good going. TJ. So, TJ, how many pounds well in is she? Um, I think she's off 88, Mark. Is that right? Over 88 half a hurdles. Yeah. I can't understand. The handicapper never dropped her. She ran in tallest, beating 30 lengths. Handicapper never dropped her. What do I do with that, TJ? You run her again. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, be by 40 lengths, is yeah, it? Yeah, she'll, she'll probably get an educational run. You see, the handicapper probably looked at it and say it wasn't a true run. If you're kind of within 20 lengths, probably say, yeah, maybe it's more of a true run. So okay. if you stop if you stop scheming, right, the handicapper probably be fair with you. <laughs> <laughs> he, wouldn't, he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do that. Yeah. Jeez, wouldn't can, I, can I give you Ken Buds' number? You, you might give him a... Yeah. Finishing, finishing in 20 lengths, so the key. I think so, yeah. Right, okay. okay. Send the horse up to Gary Spillane, they'll spend him for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, great, great talking, lads. Good. I mean, we, we've, we've, next week, I presume, we'll, we'll be going, Larry, we'll be going midweek because we'll be building up to the final. I suppose the football crew will want to, the stage after the semi finals on Monday morning. Yeah, I think they'll want a day out, all right. Yeah, back on the th- we'll be back on the Thursday, I'd say, before the quarterfinal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good stuff, and we'll, we'll, we'll have a good look at it then. And, and uh, you know, I suppose that's just to touch on. Um, before you go, Dillo, before you go, Dillo, can we give the listeners a little hint? Are you green? Are you blue? Which way are you leaning towards after the weekend? I still be probably waiting till next week. I hear about the injuries situation <laughs> and things and all. <laughs> okay. Well, no, uh, I can't make any more changes to my fantasy team, Les. 
the top of the fantasy table is just turning in to an absolute. I'm not doing no. I don't know. I'm two points in front. Is that right, Larry? You are. No, you're eight, you're eighteen. No. If I'm eighteen, Jesus, that's no, better than I thought. No, but uh, how many did you lose over the weekend? How many players? I lost all the four click any Felicia. Right. And I still have. Other, I still any have. Joe, I don't need Joe, so that was one good oh, thing. Oh, it's a big help. But I still, Larry, Larry, Larry has his two midfielders and six forwards. Oh, how about yeah. that, uh, Five forwards. Five. What Who are you missing? TJ. TJ. I, had to, I had to keep TJ in here. Oh, right. yeah, 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 yeah. You're the strongest, are you? Like, uh, so, and at the other end of the table, um, this little item has to be given out uh, at the Christmas party whenever that takes place. It is the oh. wooden spoon. It's now a two-horse race. I'd say Brian Hogan has pulled away out of that situation, although he was strongly Kilkenny. Uh, but it's now a race between yourself and Derek. And poor old Derek made no changes at all when the transfer window came in. And you're yeah. still bottom of the table. Like, have you well, at all? I, I, tell you look, I, I have no problem accepting the wooden spoon because it was my maiden visage into the fantasy holding. Yourself and Mr. Oh, Ryan. Salar for Salar for Go away out of that. Go away. And you made no changes until all the teams were announced on Friday night, you whore, yeah. Like, How do you know that? Yeah. Well, sure, come here. My spotters were out. They said, Dalo has no changes made yet. Like, and like, in Egypt, I made a couple of changes midweek and I left one open. How Cody put in Richie Hogan, I never know. But anyway, we slipped up. This put it down to a bad experience, Dalo. Yeah, and, I told you about Richie Hogan that he'd be starting. I know the way Cody operates. I told look, you Shammy uh, Flanagan might be a possibility going in. You laughed at me like, but look. <laughs> Come here. I'd gladly take the wooden spoon if I could see Waterford win the All-Ireland. And that's not even... Jesus, yeah. I'd, love, I'd love to see Waterford winning it. You're getting the wooden spoon will you be anyway, saying, <laughs> will, you, will, you, will you be saying like Don Logue, like that you, you, you'd like to see him bait back to Munkine, like? Uh, no, 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 I, no, I wouldn't be anti anyone crowd. I'd tip crowd with, with the early crowd. I'd be, uh, I'd have to be in the opposite side of the fence every time against tip. I've tremendous respect for Kilkenny. Awesome. I, lo- I loves me neighbours. I loves me neighbours down here in Water from the southeast. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's so much to look forward to. And yeah, we touched on a bit of everything there today. We got the tour of Vegas, Larry. We got um, a bit of the horse racing in in Vialen. Um we got a lot of tactics on the games, a lot of updates on the horses, uh, Mark's side of things. Uh, and we just want to wish you the best of luck next weekend, Larry, in the bag of wind, Gaelic football. They call it the bag of wind up here. Ah, thanks, Taylor, yeah. Um, so let you, let you keep it poked out there. Yourselves in Mayo, boy. I tell you, it's, it's great for you. And, and look, I was talking to you there last night, you know, as we were chatting away about the show today and what we do and... and, and Breaking the news to me that Brownie was coming on with us. You let a shout off, Larry, that you thought Arsenal had got an equaliser. <laughs> but unfortunately, and fortunately for all of us, Larry, he was no. <laughs> no, 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 we were denied there, yeah. I thought Oba was going to do it there, middle of the second half, but yeah, he let me down again. No, it wasn't a great night. It wasn't a great yeah, night. Yeah, no, I was just thinking there, right? There's been one or two calls for a Christmas special show from ourselves, right? If you get onto the paper, right? Or maybe Tony. If we could do our Christmas party straw Christmas special in Vegas, right? Then I could show you what I'm talking about, and then you can go and talk to RTE. Wouldn't that work? I tell you why, there. You're onto something, there, kid. Here we go. Come here. Okay. How was Donny coping with all this? 
I know he's famous, Donny Donny Ryan is famous in his own right anyway. Like but this newfound fame again, like or this renewal of his fame. How is he coping at Martin places like? See, the maths are all virtual at the moment, still the crowds aren't back. Like, right. So he's kinda of, he's kinda of waiting. His phone has happened. He's not getting a stroke done during the day. So but he's 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 ready for the tour, he said, uh in, in, in the spring. So he's ready to drive us. We have a driver. We have a driver. Yeah. Oh, and come here, is he flexible on the like he he he'd stick it out two or three? I know Landers is warning me about lifestyle there. And well Doyle doesn't he go got at sixty. Doyle doesn't drink when himself. I go on tour, I go on tour like. Yeah, once there's a cup of tea there for Donny, he'll be fine. And once he's home there for about half seven or eight o'clock to milk the cows in the morning, we're out where we're in clover. Yeah, we put him in charge of the burger boiler. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Dale, okay. before you, Dale, before you wrap up there, give a mention to the boys um, at the top of the at the top of the league. Uh, Gerald Grogan, I think, is is the leader now. Oh, yeah, Shannon Gales, Shannon Gales, Gale na uh, He's top of the overall league and he's top of our league, sir. McKill, the McKillian lad is second, isn't he? Kieran McKillian is second. Yeah, and uh, great, great stuff. Um, I'm looking at that lovely Hurley uh, and that box of slitters and socks and grips and everything. Two of them I have outside there. So, and uh, obviously the wooden spoon goes everywhere with me. So, it's like it's like the little sketch last night. I, exactly. I saw the little thing on Twitter there last <laughs> night where Lachnan threw the little Hurley into David. Is that the same? Yeah. Same one. He say, like I tell you, that that sketch by Conor Moore, the little snake from Mullingar, <laughs> who, who I'm good friends with, was one of his best ones. But you know the the worst of it was the eerie the eerie part of it was how close to the truth that was. <laughs> Some of the stuff in the dressing room, like, but you wouldn't want to be mentioned in a short puck house to look land, like. <laughs> oh, I that. No, no, no. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, right. Uh, we leave it at that there and we talk to you next week um, good stuff great that brownie today just to get the you know I got the feeling off him what it means to him but I thought you almost well brownie's always kind of tranquil anyway but you got that kind of easy feeling that he's feeling good about it TJ did you, did you smell that across the airwaves I did and in fairness I suppose look what these like the two teams Limerick and Waterford have brought in 2020 is a consistency I know Waterford um, didn't win the Munster Championship but they've just been consistent and we might have had a history of maybe going back in time of kind of being up maybe one day and down another day so you can see that in the Waterford team and I'd be slightly concerned about the parallels as I said with Limerick in 2018 this Waterford team they are certainly a danger and I did feel it off Tony Brown I got it off Tony Brown as well we'll talk about it next week we'll, we'll know more about injuries and game plans and stuff like that and you can bring the tactics board with you TJ for your background and have we can see you setting up the, the what they might do and where they might try and expose X, Y, Z. No problem. Great, great stuff, lads. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> 